today on CityCast Denver. There was a time when Chicano artists didn't get the respect other artists got, let alone the opportunity to show their work in Denver's top galleries. That pushed artists like Stevan Lucero to the margins, where he spent a lifetime painting canvases and walls with mystic imagery and his own spectacular view of the universe. As my life has unfolded, people say, what are you doing? Why are you doing this weird art? Even my mother. Why are you painting these crazy paintings? Paint nice, pretty pictures, you could make money. Lucero was also a founder of Chicano Humanities and Arts Council, or CHOC, which brought Chicano artists together and helped kickstart the first Friday art walk on Santa Fe. Stevan died last year, but not before he completed a room at Meowulf's Convergence Station with his longtime colleague Adrian Molina, a.k.a. Molina Speaks, and his wife, artist Arlette Lucero, who is my guest today. And uh, yeah, he, he and me and, you know, the other artists, we slowly introduced the idea that, yeah, we Chicanos, you know, we live here, we're part of the community, we're important, and our art matters. Since his passing, they worked with Meowulf to put on a special exhibition of Stavon's work. And that exhibition opens tomorrow night. Today is Thursday, March 24th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. My producer, Paul Caroli, and I met up with Arlette Lucero yesterday morning outside Meow Wolf's new Denver location. The Meow Wolf folks brought us in the back way, past fire escapes and through stairwells, a sort of behind-the-scenes view of the mysteries of the metaverse. Yeah, it's so wild to be in here without people. (laughs) It's kind of awesome. We made our way to the fourth floor, down an abandoned alien street, and into a room that looks a lot like a typical art gallery. Oh, it's this gallery. Yes, yeah. Okay, okay. White walls, nameplates, and about 12 framed rectangular paintings on the wall. Each one a portal into Stevan Lucero's own personal metaverse. Do you know who, what that is symbolizing? The face in the middle? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what about this piece? Okay, so Stevan painted in three distinct styles, but he's known for metarealism, a term he coined many years before Meowulf existed. It's interesting to me in the context of the space that we're in. We're in Meowulf, which is also sort of this look or vision of an alternate universe. What was Stevan's take on this space where he has art displayed? He didn't know anything about Meowulf, really. Um, I did because I'm on the internet and somebody told me about Meow Wolf in Santa Fe and I'm like, what is that? And so I looked it up and I'm like, oh, that is the coolest, coolest. And then I found out they were coming to Denver and I said, oh, wouldn't that be cool if we could get Steve in there? And so um, I didn't know really how to because I didn't think this was something that he would be interested in. His friend Molina, um, Adrian from Molina Speaks, he's the one who got Steve involved. And he asked him, he says, hey, do you want to do this room for Meow Wolf? And Steve's like, okay. And so Stevan came up with this, you know, four walls of whole painted idea and it had a lot to do with a dream that he had clear back um, when he was living in Wyoming like as a teenager 
And he always wanted to paint that, but never knew how to approach it. And with this whole idea of dreamscape, dreamscape, he decided to go ahead and, you know, just paint this idea and then bring it into life and bring all sorts of other images into it. And Adrian Molina speaks, he really liked that idea. He says, okay, let's go for it. And so he created a video with his friends with music and poetry and images to put on the televisions. And um, so Steve was kind of sweating it out. He, he thought, oh no, this is gonna be too much work. Also his health was uh, dwindling at the time. So he didn't think he was going to be able to paint that. And so he was kind of upset, you know, um, because his, his health just wasn't there. So when it was finally time to go check out the room, him and uh, Adrian went and they checked it out and Steve goes, oh, this is gonna be a piece of cake, I can do it. <laughs> and so when the time came, boom, he went in there and he worked hard and it was difficult for him and you couldn't even come into the place unless you wore, wore a hard hat. And so he did it with all of that gear, with everything that you know, you were required to wear. And um, it was beautiful. I was so in awe of what he did and in the amount of time that he did. Um, he worked with Adrian Molina, Molina Speaks, uh, who is quite a bit younger, I think, than Stavon. They're from different generations. Yes. How did they connect? How did Stavon work with other generations of artists? Well, that's a really good question because when um, he had his studio at Chalk, a lot of young artists would approach him and ask him questions, maybe about technique, but you know, eventually they got to talking about things that interest the both of them. Let's say you know he had a friend who would come over and they would talk about movies and comic books and things that they enjoyed together. And um, I think with Adrian, he really admired Steve. He admired the fact that he painted all the time and that he was a hard worker and that he was just interesting to be around. And so he loved his uh, metaphysical ideas, and that really um, interest Adrian. And so he did. He attracted a lot of the younger generation, and he worked with them, and he mentored them. Yeah. And so um, that was true. Because their art works together very well, I think. Yeah, right, right. But that was true with Chalk Gallery, yeah. that the older artists and the newer artists would come in and be together and work together and you know really learn to appreciate each other. Um, the 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 mentors were the elders, let's say, and then you know the younger kids who they haven't shown before, but they want to show their art because they haven't done that before. And so uh, we at Chalk Chicano Humanities and Arts Council would bring them in and give them their first show and then help them along in their career, show them how to, you know, put a frame on and the back of the frame so that you can actually hang it. And so we would show them little things, you know, Steve would show them techniques, you know, like the squint. This is how you look at your art, you know. So that's what we did at, at Chalk. So Chalk is a really important piece to me of Denver's art scene, but also of our city's history. You know, it comes out of this movement that we have of, 
um, the Chicano community really taking hold and saying, you know, this is who we are. And I just wonder if you could talk about Stavon's feelings about, I'm just thinking we're in a, we're in a beautiful brand new building in Denver and the city has really embraced our Chicano community and story, but that wasn't always the case. What do you think he thought about that? Oh, well, okay, so I knew him almost from the beginning of yeah. Chalk Gallery, and it was he and maybe eight other artists who got together, and they decided to create Chalk, a Chicano Humanities and Arts Council, because there was no place for Chicanos back then, especially Chicano artists, but there was a really great need. And so he and you know the other artists founded Chalk, and they started you know to do art shows. And by then I knew Steve and Stevan, and um, so we, uh, there was some women involved also, um, and we all decided, you know, let's paint some paintings, let's find a location, let's do an art show. We had some poets, some storytellers, and um, uh, just put the word out, and we had a packed house. So there was a real need, and we just slowly, bit by bit by bit, um, started to grow. It worked. Yeah. So, and he was very, very proud to be a part of that. How do you think he felt about the city embracing it in the current day? Because it's a very different story now, it, it seems to me. I mean, we've got Ch Chicano preservation happening through historic Denver. We have, you know, multiple exhibits happening at, at any point in time showcasing our Chicano history and our Chicano artists. But th that it just... I mean, I know that it was a fight to get there. How do you think he felt about it now being a point of pride for the city? It's kind of interesting because Stevan pretty much stayed with Chuck. He stayed yeah. within the, um, the, the walls of Chuck. And he showed there and people would come to him. And Chuck was at um, Santa Fe Drive, which kind of was in the heart of the arts district, of uh, the biggest arts district in Denver. And so he would get a lot of traffic, but I think in his mind, you know, it was still small town, Smallville. And he didn't realize the impact that he was making and that our organization was making. I knew, I, you know, I'm on the internet and I'm, you know, communicating a lot. But I think he still thought that, you know, we were marginalized. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, now that he's looking down from wherever <laughs> he's at, he's like, probably pretty much blown away by all of this. Yeah. Because I don't think, you know, he was so humble, he didn't, he didn't really think he was making that big an impact. He thought that all the way to the end. And I didn't, I didn't think that, you know, I mean, so at times I did, but um, it was... Uh, Maybe he just kind of, I mean, it seems like he was a little bit in his own world. He was in his own world. He was into, you know, let's go home, you know, watch some TV, and when you go to bed, I'm going to paint. Yeah. And so I would wake up to the canvases, and that's, you know, that was his world. He also loved his comic books. He loved his family. He loved simple things. He loved reading about the saints, believe it or not. I mean, mm -hmm. that was something he really enjoyed. And then he would just Bible beat me all the way. <laughs> and I'm like, Steve. <laughs> 
That's a fascinating component. Look of what I found in the like, Bible. He would tell me. He would read it to me. It was this is this is weird and so mystical. And I'm like. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. There is a lot of mysticism in Catholicism, <laughs> yeah. which they're not necessarily always willing to discuss, but I think we can see that very clearly, too, in Stevan's yeah. work. <laughs> so you guys are both working artists. How, oh, oh, yeah. How, how is that? You you did that together for 40 years as, as artists in the community. What is it like being an artist in Denver and having a partner that does that as well? There's a few of us, um, at least in the Chicano community, and I know, you know, even from people I have met here, there's a lot of artists. Um, we're attracted to each other. And also, we were both Scorpios, and so you can imagine just the dynamics of that. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> and so, yeah, a lot of respect for each other. And I would kind of do go one way, he would go the other, but he always painted, painted, painted. So that was always his main goal, was just to paint, get it out there, talk about it. Um, I taught in the school, so I was an art educator many times, and he stretched the canvases for me. My last show was at the Museo de las Americas. And it was really, really sad because you know, I always went to him to stretch the canvas, and he uh, and he wasn't there for me to stretch the canvas, and so I went and bought a canvas at Meiniger's, and it was horrible. And <laughs> right away it starts warping, and you know, and it just looked awful. I'm like, I'm not going to use this, and so I put the canvas aside, and I did it a different way. I'm glad you still painted it. It was kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> Arlette Lucero, thank you so much. Thank you. This was wonderful. It was wonderful to get some insight about your partner, about Stavon, while being able to look at these beautiful works that he did. I'm imagining being at Chalk and trying to like peek into this tiny area to see these massive, beautiful pieces. I mean, these are not subtle, small pieces. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're huge. So this is such a cool room to be in. Thank you so much. Thank you. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. After months of mounting tensions and complaints about crime at Union Station, RTD has unveiled a drastic new plan to change how people use the space. Denverite reports that they're going to install paid turnstiles to block off the underground bus terminal area. They're also improving lighting, removing electrical outlets, and making a bunch of other small changes to discourage loitering. These changes are set to happen over the next year, and we're planning to bring you a more in-depth show about the situation at Union Station soon, so stay tuned. And, oh, Denver took a big L this week when the outdoor retailer trade show said, so long, I'm moving back in with my ex, Salt Lake City. The biannual showcase of new skis, boots, thermoses, and other outdoor apparel moved to Colorado in 2017 in protest of Utah's support for Trump-era reductions of the Bears' Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments. But apparently outdoor retailer didn't have the leverage they thought they did, much to the chagrin of big outdoor brands like REI, North Face, and Patagonia, who threatened to boycott if the show was moved back to Utah. Spicy. And finally... Madeline Albright has died. She was born in Czechoslovakia, but raised here in Denver. She'd go on to become the first woman ever to serve as Secretary of State from 1997 to 2001. But she always had a soft spot for Colorado. At the 2008 Democratic National Convention in Denver, Albright said that it felt like a homecoming and that, quote, 
Denver is where I grew up believing in the American dream. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. It's officially our birthday, and we would love it if you would rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and check out our morning newsletter at denver.citycast.fm, where today Peyton will be dishing up some Denver food scene gossip. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye! He coined that term in the days of yore, before Meowulf set sail and came across the desert from Santa Fe, a bowling alley in Santa Fe, to a viaduct in a little town called Denver. (laughs) I don't even know what that voice was. That's not even a voice I do normally.